Psalm chapter 31, verse 1. To the overseer, that's to the chief musician or director, a psalm of David, King David wrote this, In thee, O Jehovah, I have trusted. Let me not be ashamed to the age, in thy righteousness deliver me. He says that he always trusts the Lord completely, and that's how you and I should be. We shouldn't trust in anything but the Lord. Putting our trust in anything else is folly, whether it's our income or our retirement plan or some insurance policy or another person who we think is going to take care of us. It's pure folly to trust in any of those things. And he says, let me not be ashamed forever. And the Lord won't leave us ashamed because he will lead us into salvation and righteousness and eternal life. Two, incline unto me thine ear hastily. That means listen to me now. Deliver me, be to me for a strong rock, for a house of bulwarks to save me. King David was a man of great faith, and yet he prayed to the Lord, asking the Lord for things that you and I take for granted. And it isn't because he didn't believe that the Lord would give him these things, but it's because he had a relationship with the Lord. Dogs are a great example of how we should be with God. Your dog believes that everything good comes from you and that you have total power over its life. And your dog depends on you for everything. But it never stops asking, does it? It never takes you for granted. Your dog still moans and groans and gives you the eyes and wags its tail and sits pretty in front of you and puts its paw up. It still begs for its needs to be met because it doesn't take you for granted. And King David never took the Lord for granted. He kept talking to him and worshiping him and asking that all of his needs be met. 3. For my rock and my bulwark art thou, for thy name's sake lead me and tend me. He's saying, to glorify your own name, please take care of my needs. David wasn't a superficial person. He wasn't praying for a great body and shiny teeth and some nice jewelry. What his need was was for salvation, and that's what he always prayed for. And you and I have a great need for salvation on a daily basis. It isn't once saved, always saved. It's be faithful unto the end. Salvation is a minute-by-minute daily walk of faith. For bring me out from the net that they hid for me, for thou art my strength. King David had men that actually wanted to kill him and murder him a lot of times. But you and I have demons that want to take us down and bring us into sin or destroy our lives one way or another. Demons that want to get us in a car accident or make our finances crumble or cause trouble with our children or our spouse. So we need protection from the Lord on a daily basis. Those demons are laying nets out to trap us, and that's what we need to pray against. 5. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, Jehovah God of truth. Jesus, when he was on the cross, praised the Lord. He quoted Psalm chapter 22, not only to praise the Lord, but also to show them that everything that King David prophesied was happening at that very moment, that they were the evildoers surrounding their own Lord, which is described in Psalm chapter 22 that we read. And here in Psalm 31 verse 5, Jesus also quoted from this. It says, Into thy hand I commit my spirit. And that was what Jesus said right before he died. So he quoted the psalm twice when he was on the cross. 
in our walk of faith, we also commit our spirit into the hand of God the Father. 6. I have hated the observers of lying vanities, and I toward Jehovah have been confident. And Jesus himself was confident at the Father, but he spoke against the Pharisees all the time because they were liars. This kind of hate, though, isn't a malicious hate. It's an intolerance of. Jesus never tolerated the lies that the Pharisees said. He always spoke out against them. 7. I rejoice and am glad in thy kindness, in that thou hast seen mine affliction, thou hast known in adversities my soul. The Lord is kind toward us. He sees our affliction, and he liberates us from it. Our affliction could be physical, but it can also be spiritual, and it usually is. If we feel any mental illness or emotional disturbance or sadness or rejection, all those type of things are affliction that we need deliverance from. 8. And thou hast not shut me up into the hand of an enemy. Thou hast caused my feet to stand in a broad place. A broad place is a place of safety where you're not going to slip or fall. He plants us in a place where we won't fall. When you become born again, he rearranges your life so that it's spiritually safe. You'll end up getting rejected by a lot of people when you become born again, but it's all by God's design because he doesn't want those people in your life anymore. 9. Favor me, O Jehovah, for distress is to me. Mine eye, my soul, and my body have become old by provocation. Now this line was also in Psalm 22. It said that his eyes were old from all of the tears that he was crying. And here he's saying that his body and his soul are old because of all of the distress that he's under. So this is another allusion to Jesus on the cross. Jesus aged on the cross because of the great turmoil that he was under emotionally, psychologically, and physically. 10. For my life hath been consumed in sorrow, and my years in sighing. Feeble because of mine iniquity hath been my strength, and my bones have become old. King David sinned, and his own sin caused him to age. But when Jesus was on the cross, it was our sin that caused Jesus to age and be full of sorrow. And Jesus was a man of sorrow, which also the book of Isaiah will tell us when we get to the book of Isaiah, that he was a man of sorrows. Why? Because nobody understood him for one thing. If you were God come to earth, there wouldn't be anybody on this planet who would really understand you. His own mother didn't understand him. He had to rebuke his mother three times in the Bible. Even though she was a righteous woman and she loved him with a mother's heart, she didn't understand him either. And he rebuked her at the wedding of Canaan. He rebuked her when she found him in the temple when he was four, preaching. And he rebuked her again when she came to get him out of the temple when he was an adult preaching in front of everybody and they were making fun of him. She wanted him to go home and he rebuked her then too, indirectly. And then when he died on the cross, he didn't call her mother. He called her a woman. He put her in her place every single time, even though she was a righteous woman, because even the woman who gave him birth, even she didn't understand Jesus. So he was definitely a man of sorrows. His own brothers, who were half-brothers because they were sons of Joseph, they told him to his face that they wished he was dead. And we'll get to that when we get to the Gospels. 
they told him to his face, we wish you would go down to Jerusalem so they can kill you there. Can you imagine your own brothers telling you that? So Jesus was a man of sorrows. 12. I have been forgotten as dead, out of mind. I have been as a perishing vessel. And Jesus was forgotten on the cross. The women who loved him, they watched from a distance. They didn't get close. They didn't want anyone attacking them. So even the people who loved him were ashamed of him. Peter denied him, and John the Apostle went into the courtroom where he was, but didn't say a word in his defense. He just silently watched, because even John was afraid of being associated with Jesus. And John was Jesus' best friend. Jesus was definitely forgotten. 13. For I have heard an evil account of many. Fear is round about, in their being united against me to take my life they have devised. This happened to King David with the henchmen that were sent from Saul and also the men who wanted to kill him when Absalom was trying to take his throne. But this was true all the time of Jesus with the religious leaders who were plotting constantly to take his life. And even Judas plotted to take Jesus' life. And Judas was one of his disciples. 14. And I on thee, I have trusted, O Jehovah. I have said, Thou art my God. Jesus trusted the Father the whole time, just as King David trusted the Lord. 15. In thy hand are my times. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from my pursuers. David says, I'll only die when you appoint me to die, so deliver me now, because David didn't believe it was his time to die. 16. Cause thy face to shine on thy servant. Save me in thy kindness. 17. O Jehovah, let me not be ashamed, for I have called thee. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them become silent to Sheol. King David says, I've publicly prayed out to you and called on you for help. Answer my prayer so that all of Jerusalem and all of Israel knows that you alone saved me. 18. Let lips of falsehood become dumb. Dumb means that you can't talk. So he's saying, make it that all the liars lose their ability to speak, that they are shut-mouthed, that are speaking against the righteous, ancient sayings in pride and contempt. There's a lot of ancient sayings that are said in pride, and they're absolutely not true. King David says, let those people be quiet who speak lies. 19. How abundant is thy goodness that thou hast laid up for those fearing thee. We fear him because he's holy and he can destroy us, and we should fear him. It would be very foolish not to. He has power over my soul eternally. 20. Thou hast wrought for those trusting in thee before sons of men. Thou hidest them in the secret place of thy presence from artifices of man. Thou concealest them in a tabernacle from the strife of tongues. King David says, those who walk in righteousness, you hide them from the wicked so that the wicked can't attack them. We have a spiritual bubble around us that protects us often because we follow the Lord. 21. Blessed is Jehovah, for he hath made marvelous his kindness to me in a city of bulwarks. A city of bulwarks is a strong, fortified city that's well defended. We are in a strong, fortified tower when we're with the Lord, and he protects us. 22. And I, I have said in my haste, I have been cut off from before thine eyes, but thou hast heard the voice of my supplications and my crying unto thee. King David confesses, 
I hastily said, without thinking that I was cut off before your eyes because you didn't answer me immediately, but you did hear my prayer, and you heard my cry, and you rescued me. Sometimes when we don't hear God's voice immediately, we think that he's ignoring us and that we're cut off. But if we would just be patient, he will hear our cry and he will deliver us. 23. Love Jehovah, all ye his saints. Jehovah is keeping the faithful and recompensing abundantly a proud doer. Meaning that Jehovah keeps us in the faith and helps us resist sin. When we're faithful to him, he is faithful to us. But to those who sin, to those who are prideful, he brings them down. Eventually, he may not bring them down right away, because the prideful get away with murder for a long time before they finally come to judgment. But they will come to judgment. 24. Be strong, and he strengtheneth your heart, all ye who are waiting for Jehovah. The more you resist sin, the better you get at resisting sin. Learning not to sin is a practice, and it's something that we can get better and better at. The first few times that you resist a certain temptation, it might be a little rocky, and you might stumble. But when you keep practicing resistance, eventually that thing won't tempt you anymore. He puts strength in your heart to resist sin. And that concludes Psalm chapter 31.